Welcome to Vain uh, Court Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Yeah, I'm Brian Brushwood. And who boy, Bryce, that looks like a heavy show. Is that a, a new Netflix one? Yeah, that's uh, Netflix's upcoming show, Feel Good, about Mae Martin, who is starring as herself, uh, jumping into a relationship with someone and dealing with her sobriety and meeting a new person and falling in love with a new person. That's coming to uh, Netflix March 19th. Uh, I'll tell you what makes me feel good is our fantastic guest, the host of Coverville himself, ladies and gentlemen, the inimitable hat bearer himself, Brian Ibbett. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Oh, stop it, you. Stop it. Yeah. No hat tonight. Doesn't work with the headphones, but uh, it's around here somewhere. Actually, the hat is up there. You probably, oh yeah, you can see it. It's on top of my uh, portal uh, robot. Awesome. Is the, the actual funny hat still still in existence. Still funny. Haven't Funnier than ever, that yet. hat. That's right. It's, yeah, exactly. You can put a man on the moon, but you can't wear a funny hat and headphones at the same time. <laughs> uh, Go figure. Dude, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a minute. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure uh, coming back to this. Thank you guys for having me. Well, I'm glad you're here because we have a brand new story that cord cutting numbers are bad news for the pay TV industry and our primary target. Well, now I've heard everything. <laughs> Uh, I, I promise this isn't just retreading uh, the same old story again. It's partly checking in on the progress, but also we have another story kind of telling where people are going. Uh, Jenko Wreckers, uh, who we've followed uh, from back in the, oh, geez, Giga-Ohm, I think, days, uh, paid content, uh, through to uh, all, all kinds of different things, but he always writes really good stuff about cord cutting, and he's now writing for a new outlet called Protocol uh, and wrote up a great summary of cord cutting in 2019, looking at the numbers. Okay, where are we now that the numbers are in for 2019? Uh, cable and Satellite lost 5.8 million subscribers in 2019. That's up from losing 2.3 million in 2018, so it's accelerating. Uh, 1.5 million subscribers left the top five operators in Q4 alone. So getting fast as the year went on. Streaming services are also starting to decline. AT&T TV Now and Sling TV uh, both in decline. AT&T TV Now was in decline through 2019. Uh, Sling TV just now in Dish's most recent quarterly report announcing a decline in subscribers. Price increases for the streaming services are part of that problem. Even though the average traditional cable bill is $110, uh, these streaming services are getting up in the 50s and 60s and it's being seen as a little bit less of a bargain uh, than they would have been otherwise. And there's price pressure that keeps that from going down from the content providers. The, everybody thought maybe the cost of content would go down as more competition came, uh, but we're seeing the networks hold the line on how much they want to charge someone to carry their channel on these services. So a little bit different here, Brian, and that we're seeing the acceleration of the cord cutting that we predicted happen actually happen, but also that we're now seeing a bit of a shakeout starting in the streaming services. Uh, Mr. Ibbett, do you have a theory as to why this could be? Because there is a definite surprise and, and I've got, I don't know, some rampant speculation, but I'd love to hear your take. 
Yeah, I mean it, it's um, it's a trend, right? I mean it's it's something that that started years ago and is starting to kind of snowball down. And I think it's it's one of the situations that's just going to kind of pick up speed as it goes, as opposed to a steady decline. Um, people are going to realize that they don't need to pay for um, uh, these, you know, big packages like AT and T TV or AT and T TV now. Boy, that's such a horrible name. I I hated it back when it was Direct TV now. But um, I, I see it being more of a picking up speed situation than kind of a steady decline as more and more people adopt it. Uh, Tom, I don't know if you know this yes. about me. I'm fond of metaphors. Mm. May I propose a new metaphor for you? Because this Man, you're like a metaphor fountain, which is a simile. <laughs> I was about to correct you. That's very well done. Uh, so, so the surprising part uh, is not, of course, that people are abandoning the traditional paid uh, stuff that we've been doing. The surprising part is that the places we expect them to go, they are not going. And the first thing that popped into my mind is sort of what I want to propose as the nightclub effect. Like between the hours of 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock, when you're out with your friend and somebody says, hey, let's bounce then the obvious thing is where do we go next and you go to another nightclub maybe it's a quieter nightclub where you guys can have a conversation maybe it's a place with drink specials maybe it's your favorite uh, speakeasy or whatever but you're always leaving one place to go to another place at some point you get fatigued and you are reminded late in the evening that you have booze at home and that you can have quiet conversations at home. And as we've talked about many times before, uh, for a lot of people who are thinking about cutting the cord, my advice has been cancel everything full stop and give yourself permission the moment you want a thing either buy it right then and there uh, in the case of i missed last night's premiere better call saul because the provider that i'm on doesn't have amc so the first thing i did this morning was just buy it for two dollars and 99 cents and uh you in general it seems like you always come out ahead financially and you have maximum freedom because you've given yourself an, a, a a budget a, a quote-unquote unlimited budget even though you'll you'll very unlikely reach the amount that you spending before i think a lot of people are experiencing that end of the night nightclub effect and i think that they're sort of accidentally uh, adopting the brian method of just quit first then figure out where you want to go answer might be you want to go home mm -hmm. yeah uh, the the one thing i will say uh to that is important to take into consideration is they aren't leaving hulu live hulu's TV streaming service that has networks, you know, live streaming TV. They're not leaving YouTube TV. Those are both going up. Uh, whether they're going up because they're newer, they're better, or just because PlayStation View closed, uh, that's that's kind of harder to say. Uh, but but we're not seeing them leave the streaming TV. They're just starting to figure out which clubs are good and which clubs are bad. Uh, where else they're going is shown in a new Nielsen study that in the last three months of 2019, Netflix accounted for 31% of streaming to televisions. YouTube was second with 21%. Hulu came in third with 12%, and Amazon took 8%. Other free and ad-supported options, including new offerings from Apple and Disney+, Plus, uh, took a 28% chunk of viewership. Uh, when I say free and ad-supported, also pay, right? Uh, Nielsen also reported that overall U.S. video viewing on TV streaming now makes up 19% uh, of U.S. video viewing. So uh, they are going to those last clubs that you talked about uh more than they're going home at this point 
Yeah, it, it's really tough to compare apples to apples here because, um, yes, we, we can pretty much get a good idea of wh what, why and how people are watching Netflix on their televisions. It's either going to be for a, for a series or for a movie. But, but YouTube gets a little bit trickier because there's a lot of long-form, really good YouTube content that I will watch on a television that has nothing to do with the paid service. Is, is, do we know, Tom, whether or not this is specifically the, the paid uh, over-the-top network service from YouTube or just YouTube full, full this stop? This is YouTube. YouTube full stop. Uh, yeah. Not, uh, I, in fact, I don't know if it includes YouTube TV or if it's just YouTube. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's mm. but how how interesting that we we're spoiled for choice now, and it's harder and harder to really kind of compare stuff. I'm surprised that Amazon is so low, considering how quick I am to just buy television content on Amazon because it's so easy, because there's no ads, and because you could do it just a little nibble at a time. The salami technique. Uh, uh, Ibit, is there anything about these numbers that that raises an eyebrow for you? I'm with you. I would think I would think Amazon would be higher, uh, even higher than. Uh, Hulu or YouTube, because that seems to be the second place that people want to go for original content. The award-winning stuff is there, uh, less so on on Hulu and and YouTube. Just as kind of this wild card, are they watching music videos? Are they watching how-to demonstrations on their TVs? Yes, makeup stuff. And well, yes. yeah, <laughs> all of the above, sure. But uh, but it's going to be less of a a comparison of like, all right, they're watching Cobra Kai or they're watching, you know, a TV show, YouTube based TV show. That's the only YouTube TV show I know of. But uh, versus well, you know, well, well like an, an easy example would be um, there are a few examples of almost podcasty content that happens to be on YouTube, whether you're you know, I think all of the Joe Rogan show shows up there or like mm -hmm. I end up watching. Uh, I'll play catch up on three or four hours of Red Letter Media reviews uh, because they'll talk about old movies that I'd heard of but never watched. And I'm like, oh, I'll spend 45 minutes having them describe it to me and then I won't have to watch the actual movie. So th like th th there's no shortage of good long form talky content out there there i think mm -hmm. yeah I, I mean i think people forget that you know we don't talk about youtube in the same class as netflix amazon hulu because it's not the same kind of programming but when it what nielsen's numbers are showing here is when you sit down in front of a tv people are watching netflix or youtube most of the time and hulu is actually made up uh, ground uh, to be in front of amazon people aren't watching prime video as much percentage-wise as they used to yeah, and I don't know that that is going to change anytime soon. I, 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 I'm just surprised that, you, you know what, how, how about this for a theory? I'm just, just throwing this out there. Uh, the ones that have gone up, Netflix and uh, YouTube, as opposed to, uh, so, sorry, uh, uh, which ones were up and which way? Sling was down, you said, and Hulu was up? Well, uh, uh, as far as TV streaming services, which is not YouTube, uh, we're you're talking about Hulu Live has has more subscribers than it used to. Uh, um, uh, YouTube TV has more subscribers than it used to. Sling TV, AT and TV now both down. So here's the thing, Hulu. So so back to the nightclub metaphor. All right. But now we're doing apples and oranges, right? Because that's not the same as comparing to Netflix and YouTube. Correct. But if uh, uh, let me put it this way, Netflix, YouTube and Hulu are all clubs people are already members of, whereas AT&T now and uh, mm -hmm. Sling, TV Sling TV are new clubs that you would have to go join. But then so, Amazon is a club that everybody's a member of for different reasons, right? Yeah, like because yeah. you get shipping or something, yeah. right? I, I, but, but Amazon does not have an over the top cable replacement option yet, do they? 
have Amazon channels. Correct. Neither right. does Netflix. Uh, oh, yeah. Nope. That's a good point. Boy, like Netflix oh, live this whole cord cutting something. thing. It's a real mess, Tom. <laughs> How are we going to suss yeah, all this I'm, out? Well, and I think what's interesting is we're now we've moved in from we've moved from is cord cutting real to what is it going to look like? Uh, Netflix has the momentum, which is why it's on top. Is it just the momentum that keeps them up there? YouTube, same way. It's been around for more than 10 years, right? Maybe that's just the momentum. Or is there something fundamentally about either one of those services that are going to keep them up at the top? Uh, I think what's most interesting here is to see Hulu coming in at 12% now. Uh, and this is before you get the Disney muscle behind it. Disney's going to start pouring all kinds of money uh, into Hulu. And we've got a few few things to get to regarding that in the show today about how, how Hulu is going to be improved. And then, you know, will people want live streaming networks? How is that all going to work out? How will they get their sports? Sports is always cited as the thing that makes people keep cable, but I get all the sports I could possibly want by paying streaming services. I don't need to have cable Unless in Los Angeles, I want the Dodgers, which are only available on Spectrum. There are places you could live in Los Angeles where even if you get cable, you can't watch the Dodgers. So that's a weird situation that I don't think is representative. Most people can get all the sports they want with streaming. It's just not as simple. Yeah. And that's what's keeping them with cable. Uh, by the way, speculative idea. I suspect that there would be a very loose correlation, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a slight uptick on people going to bars to watch their favorite sporting local events because they have almost everything they want at home, but for whatever reason, stuff is blocked out, and they know that that they're well. I'll go watch that at the at the dive bar down the street or whatever. Um, and how does that fit into the uh, the nightclub? Uh, scenario. Uh, well, now we're getting into actual <laughs> physical nightclubs, actual which only double life. complicates the, the narrative here. Let's leave the nightclub and go to a sports bar instead. <laughs> uh, I'll right, tell you folks, what, man. Uh, listen, there's one bar that we want everyone to come in, and it's non-alcoholic. Uh, it's the patreon.com slash cord killers. We serve all ages all the time. Doggone right, man. Head on over to patreon.com slash cord killers. Keep us loud, live, and independent. Just a buck an episode. That's all we ask. Do you enjoy hanging out for us for two to three hours a week guess what if you already enjoy it you can get everything all in one feed the show the spoiler in time afterwards we even do an after talk segment where we talk to you directly thank you to our thousand plus patrons at patreon.com slash cord killers actually we don't serve all ages because you have to be an adult to pay, to pay for a membership uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's serving and and hey we'll take we'll take your dad's money and then we'll we'll let the yeah. kid watch talk to your parents we, we even bleep the curse yeah. words mostly patreon.com slash cord killers thanks for supporting us and letting us keep doing this for more than six years let's talk about how to watch all right folks we got some answers during its q4 earnings announcement viacom cbs announced their streaming strategy that they call broad pay that is built around cbs all access let me break it down for you pluto pluto tv which viacom owns uh, and now, therefore, Viacom CBS owns will be at the base as the free tier. Pluto TV's free today. It's going to stay free. That's where you can just fire up the app, go to the website, watch some stuff. CBS All Access is going to become the middle tier. As we suspected, they will add content from Nickelodeon, Comedy Central, MTV, BET, the Smithsonian Network, Paramount Films. Uh, basically, they said about 30,000 television episodes and about 1,000 movies will come into the fold under CBS All Access. They didn't say anything about changing the name, uh, but they did mention, they, they referred to this vaguely as the House of Brands, 
which I really hope is not a name they're considering, but they're they're just bringing in all the brands that Viacom had along with the brands that CBS had into one package. So CBS All Access is going to get beefed up. Showtime is the third tier. That's the premium tier. Uh, and a sample of how this is all meant to work is RuPaul's Drag Race from VH1. Old episodes can run on Pluto for free to get people interested. Like, hey, watch these old episodes for free. New episodes when they show up on VH1 would also show up on CBS All Access. And they announced an exclusive series called Drag Race All-Stars will air on Showtime. So the, the path is you start watching it for free, you get into the regular show, you watch that on CBS All Access, you become a super fan, and then you want to pay for Showtime to get the Drag Race All-Stars. Total paid streaming subscriptions right now are at $11 million for Viacom CBS and are expected to reach $16 million by the end of the year. Pluto has 22 million monthly active free users, and that is expected to reach $30 million by the end of the year. Brian Ibbett, how does this strike you? Good idea, bad idea? Uh, interesting idea. I mean, it's like, uh, um, you know, you get the, you, you get the razor, uh, what the, the, the blades cost you the handles for free, but, uh, the blades cost you, they want to get you hooked in with the Pluto and then slowly start moving you up the pay ladder until you get to showtime. Now the C this, um, the 11 million they're talking about with Viacom right now, that is just CBS all access, right? And showtime and showtime. Okay. Um, interesting. So, uh, I could see doing this. It's kind of like going from, uh, I don't know, the free Hulu stuff that we used to get to the low tier with commercials Hulu. And then you pay for the, uh, the Sands commercials version of Hulu. I see it kind of following that same path. And I think people just get tired of not getting all the content and they'll spring for the, the Showtime stuff. Tom, can we play a fun little game I just invented called can Tom pass the Brian Turing test? Can can you can you guess what what I feel about all of this? <laughs> Wait, are you trying to gauge whether I'm a real Tom? No, 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 no. Whether whether or not you can run a simulation of Brian and and guess what I'm going to uh, say. Brian is hung up on House of Brands. Uh, oh, I, I, I don't believe that for a second. That, no, that's definitely that's definitely just a a, a placeholder title for now. Uh, I, I am certain that that we will never hear that in any advertisement ever. No, I think that was just for the earnings call. Like, it's our house of brands. Look at all these brands waiting to be watched. Uh, no, actually, I, I'm actually a little uh, on the outside here. What are you thinking? I actually think this is a really good pivot for them to make. Now, keep in mind, what, two or three weeks ago, we were singing the praises of how picture perfect the launch of the Peacock Network was, how they managed to have under under one word, one umbrella, um, the, this, this, this free tier, this enormous back catalog. It was something complimentary, but a different word, as much as we make fun of the name, uh, 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 to the NBC brand and the back catalog. Uh, CBS All Access had past tense a real problem in that the back catalog wasn't big enough the exclusives weren't compelling enough cbs itself kind of meant uh what you expected to be free and and have lots of primetime ads for dish soap or whatever um the thing i hated about hbo max is that it sullies the name of hbo whereas this keeps the showtime name super exclusive and at the very top uh most so in in other words uh, CB CBS All Access had a problem in that it was the mushy middle. I couldn't tell how premium it was or how open it was, how ad-covered it was, or how ad-free it was. And the way you fix something that's in the mushy middle is you bookend it 
with something that definitely means free waterfall television, which mm. is Pluto TV, and something else that definitely means ad-free premium originals and up-to-date content, which is Showtime. I think, Tom, this might be as close to a perfect play as I could possibly hope Viacom to make. I, I, the, the only question is whether they, which name they lean into. And I, I, I suspect that they'll, they'll just, we'll start seeing a lot of advertising for the words Pluto TV. Just get people accustomed to the word Pluto. Hey, come to Pluto. Uh, you know what? It's better than a planet. It's, it's a whole ecosystem. Come on over. Oh, would you like the next tier of Pluto? Would you like all the way, the VIP rooms in the back? We got Showtime. I, I think this might be as perfect a play as they were in a position to make. And one of, one of the things that it counters is people are really hung up on CBS All Access having a show that isn't on broadcast CBS that they have to pay for a service to get, which is on the surface, on paper, perfectly fair. You want the show, you pay for the service. Like, this is what you've been asking for forever, folks. Uh, a la carte. This is what it looks like. And people are like, yeah, but ah, CBS. This subverts that and says, look, Pluto TV is free. And what I'm going to guess is leading up to new seasons of let's say star trek discovery yep a channel will show up on pluto tv now that's star trek discovery get caught up for free watch the ads and then boom you want to watch the new season right away pay for cbs all access you don't want to watch it right away wait around till next year when when we bring season two to, to or the next season to pluto tv and it suddenly becomes it it just takes away that objection of there's nothing that i can get without paying uh, keep, keep in is. mind also pluto tv gets to make a move that that hulu does not hulu will always mean on demand it will never mean tune in and you're already missing the first 10 minutes pluto gets to do that they get that is a way to uh, uh deprecate their premium content and say, yes, it's free, but wouldn't you like to see the whole thing whenever you want? That is an of value play that nobody is making. Only Pluto has trained all of its users to expect that everything's live. When you come in is when you come in. And they get to do that. And so uh, we even speculated at one point that that's what a free tier of, uh, or an ad-supported tier of Netflix could look like, is if you took away the on-demand side of things. But but after seeing this, there's no way that'll happen. I think, I think this is a brilliant strategy i think i think that pluto allows them to throw ads and take away on demand for any of the premium content that comes above it in that hierarchy i think it's an i think it's an excellent funnel strategy a little side note before we move on here uh too there's rumors that uh, comcast is looking at buying zumo that's x-u-m-o which is very similar to pluto tv uh so there might be something going on there let's talk about what to watch in under surveillance it's, not like you, it's, it's all about location location there's a new Westworld trailer out, and Westworld's coming back March 15th. Anybody interested? I yeah, I can't not be interested. The big question, and we've talked about this before, is just how much of the outside world are we going to see? And we talked about everything from the fact that the, the old set caught fire, <laughs> which gave them a good reason to take us outside of Westworld to, uh, uh, to, to what it takes to make it feel like a bigger story. I'm... I it, the big question, Tom, is are we going to watch it week after week? Because everyone who watches it as a binge loves it more than we loved it week after week. Ibit, what about you? I was I was one of those that um, I waited until about two thirds of the way through the season and then started binging. There's not a lot of shows I can do that with that are. Um, 
coffee, you know, coffee room talk shows where I feel like I'm going to get spoiled. I feel like I can't oh. do that with, I know I'm trying to think of things that water, water cooler, water, water cooler. cooler. I know you go to coffee rooms. You're much more sophisticated. I go to coffee, I, yeah. You don't have coffee rooms where you're at. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I have eight in a five block radius. Um, no, these are shows that I don't want to get spoiled on. Picard is one of those that I still have yeah. to watch week by week. And um, uh, this week by week too. I'm just not going to be able to stop myself. I know. Yeah, and I think the same thing is going to be the case with um, with the next season of Westworld. We binged, and I think this time there were a lot of things that that we kind of heard about, mm. spoiler wise, uh, that that make us want to watch it week by week. But Brian Brushwood, out. you're right. I shouldn't watch it week to week. It will be better if I wait. I'm 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 convinced. I'm 100 percent convinced. But but I, it's going to be Sunday night and I ain't going to be sitting down and be like, well, let's just watch it. And it's, that's, that's what's going to happen. It wouldn't hurt to just watch one episode. Yeah. Would it? <laughs> You're like, wow, that was deeply unsatisfying and left me let's with frustrating questions that, that, that yeah. given a week to meditate on, I'll probably figure out the answers to. Well, because Eileen isn't as convinced as I am, right? So she's going to be like, why? Why don't I want to wait? Everybody's going to be talking about it around the coffee room. I gotta watch it now. <laughs> the coffee room. The darn coffee room. <laughs> they have one at Rotten Tomatoes, too. So, yeah. Uh, trailer for Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch of the Liberty, Kansas Evening Sun uh, is out. That is Wes Anderson's next movie. I believe it's his 10th. It stars Bill Murray, Timothy Chalamet, Francis McDormand, Benicio Del Toro, Jeffrey Wright, Adrian Brody, Stephen Park, Tilda Swinton, Leia Seydoux, Cersei Ronan, Elizabeth Moss, Jason Schwartzman, Edward Norton, Willem Dafoe, Henry Winkler, Christoph Waltz, Angelica Houston, Liv Schreiber, Owen Wilson, I'm going to stop, but there are more. The screenplay is by Wes Anderson, Roman Coppola, Jason Schwartzman, and Hugo Guinness. It arrives in theaters July 24th. You know, sometimes I think we overthink our headlines because, uh, uh, you know, a, a regular newspaper would just release the headline, Good Movie Coming. <laughs> like, that's all we need to say. Uh, I watched this trailer and I was like, oh, look, Wes Anderson made a Wes Anderson movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did you think? Uh, I'm excited for it. I hope there's going to be lots of symmetry. I hope there's going to be a lot of camera angles that divide the screen equally in half and have mm -hmm. the same number of people on either side. Oh, man. I mean, basically, it is, it's like a greatest hits of uh, Wes Anderson actors. I'm just sitting so, around waiting for, uh, for what looks like a Whataburger box and that century gothic font. That's all I want to see. <laughs> That's right, yes. Uh, spoiler, Netflix released a teaser for the fourth season of Stranger Things, and it shows David Harbour doing hard labor in the snow. No release date yet, but they did announce productions underway. Uh, I don't even know how much we could talk about it without upsetting somebody somewhere, but uh, that seems cool. I yeah, think the fact I that you're talking that, about it like this something. Oh yeah, that does Russia. imply that there's a. <laughs> it's, oh, it'd be, yeah, it'd be like saying that. The, well, it's uh, uh, no surprise. Uh, I mean, uh, David Harbour, a member of the cast, and uh, of course he's going to be in the fourth season. And Netflix did this. Like it's the thing that they did, right? Uh, they're obviously saying that that's not the important part of the series. <laughs> yes. Uh, how about this Russian movie instead? V2 Escape from Hell will be released in Russian and English from Russian director Timur Bekmambitov, shot entirely in vertical video. Based on the real-life story of a Soviet pilot who hijacks an aircraft to lead an escape from a German concentration camp, coming in 2021 on Russian mobile operator MTS and uh, TBD internationally. I am fairly astonished at how 
much I've changed my opinion about vertical video over the last three or four years. And, and really it boils down to when the content is created with that format in mind, whether it's your TikToks or your home videos or, uh, you know, whatever it is, if, if, if you don't know that you're missing stuff, if you're not staring at dumb black bars and poor fa formatting, yeah, right. it, it gets a lot easy, easier to accept, which, which that's the one dig on Quibi that I don't want to join in the chorus railing against because I, I do feel like quality content can be in vertical video if if, I, if it's uh, shot with I that have in a mind. source who saw a preview of uh, some Quibi uh, stuff and she said she just sat, she's like, I didn't really turn it much. I just sat there watching it and it was fine. Here's another social thing is uh, if I'm holding a phone like this, I could be doing any number of emails, tweeting, hard work, uh, research, whatever. Mm -hmm. If I'm holding a phone like this, you know what I'm up to, and it's not You're getting work done. You're about to take a picture of That's it. Right. <laughs> That's right. Is it is it weird that I want to see this thing on an IMAX screen just because I want a large <laughs> screen to kind of make up for the fact that it's going to be a smaller image on a <laughs> you you this, you, you this go movie there has been cropped to fit the screen <laughs> you or, or you go there and it's actually there's there black bars but it's got like the repeating with the faded oh, on the sides the <laughs> <laughs> like a CNN video. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, Variety says writer director J.D. Dillard, uh, who directed the movie Slight, and writer Matt Owens, who wrote for the TV series Luke Cage, are signed on with Lucasfilm to develop a Star Wars movie. Uh, no Star Wars movies in development have dates. Uh, still on the board, as far as we know, are Ryan Johnson doing a trilogy, Kevin Feige, and uh, uh, Caligridis uh, writing a Knights of the Old Republic film. But that's it. Uh, Lita Caligridis, Kevin Feige, Ryan Johnson, and now J.D. Dillard uh, and writer Matt Owens, according to Variety. TV's more firm. We know we're getting a Mandalorian this year. Uh, Obi-Wan got moved, but it's still on the calendar for next year. And the uh, Cass Andor prequel is coming in 2021 as well. I would i understand uh, look we we were largely disappointed with the most recent uh, star wars movie we talked about the reasons why they were hard and fast on the date or whatever you, you. i i i i whatever i'll speak for me um but but the from disney's point of view makes sense to put a button on all that past stuff and lean into what's working now and play everything close to the vest because when disney does well it's when they work on things quietly abandon bad ideas or things that aren't working to totally re retool stuff and then just kick open the door with something amazing and surprising and delightful, which we saw with the Mandalorian. So we know that there is uh, good storytelling and delights that await us in the star Wars universe, but maybe they don't have anything to do with the movies that have come before. I think this is a smart play for them to not announce Jack crap. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it quiet and just, <laughs> just work on it. Un unveil it when it's ready and um, and make it as good as a Mandalorian. Those are really the only requests I have. Small yeah. requests. And uh, a big fan of Luke Cage, so I like Matt Owen's writing. I did not see Slight. Uh, don't know about that, but I do like seeing some new faces coming in, so that's good. Uh, notes uh, from a few other stories. Apple TV Plus is getting a movie called Swan Song starring Mahershala Ali. I'm sorry, Oscar award winning Mahershala Ali uh, set in the near future. So I can't tell if it's sci-fi or not. They didn't give a lot of details. HBO and Sky UK uh, have renewed space comedy Avenue 5 for a second season. Killing Eve season three comes to BBC America Sunday, April 26th. Parasite will start streaming exclusively on Hulu April 8th. You can still buy and rent it, but if you want to stream it, uh, you got to get Hulu. Rise of Skywalker will come out digital March 17th and on 4K Blu-ray March 31st. 
they're also putting everything else out on 4K Blu-ray. Last Jedi and Solo were already out, but the remaining Star Wars movies will arrive on 4K Blu-ray March 31st, uh, and you'll be able to get all the Skywalker saga, all nine, in a box set. And finally, the Disney Plus TV series based on the movie Love, Simon is now called Love, Victor. Uh, and we'll have a character named Victor. Uh, it'll also be on Hulu, not Disney+. Plus. This follows the move of High Fidelity with, with Zoe Kravitz, which is originally going to be on Disney+, Plus, and they moved it to Hulu. Uh, Love, Victor will premiere on Hulu in June. Out of everything that you just mentioned, Parasite being on Hulu seems like an unbelievably smart get for Hulu because Parasite yeah. is the type of movie that everybody hears about, but maybe they don't think of themselves as a foreign language watching kind of person. Maybe they don't, you know, not enough that they want to buy the movie or rent the movie or whatever. Hulu is uh, with a reputation as being the free service where you get caught up on things, whether it's ad supported or not. That seems like I can't think of a more perfect home to seduce people who want to dip a toe and you're like what's all that buzz about let me hit play i don't have to finish it i don't want to pay to rent this but if i already have hulu i might as well watch it exactly right? see what it's about yeah. yeah i'm surprised that with uh them talking about the the series coming to hbo the kind of americanized limited series that uh bong joon ho is working on that they're putting it on hulu you would think that this would be kind of a a multiple deal where he says okay we'll bring parasite to hbo now <laughs> as in as in immediately huh. and then bring yeah. uh uh, the 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 new version of Parasite. In I 21. well, you know, you're dealing with studios and distribution, and sometimes that that makes it where the director can't really do what they would have wanted to do. But apparently, Warner wasn't able to outbid Hulu for this one. So good for them. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about what we've had our eyes on, Brian. If it's something you've been watching and enjoying, sure. Uh, well, watching and and enjoying uh, his Dark Materials uh, HBO series. Speaking of HBO, I sound like a shill for HBO. This has been all the talk around How the cockroach. How much AT and T stock do you hold? <laughs> uh, we just finished the the series. This was one that we did wait and just do the binge all the way, as opposed to doing the week by week. And I think it even started around the time Westworld started. So that's how long it's been available uh, on HBO. It's the it's basically the um, the Golden Compass story. Um, but it's way better than the movie The Golden Compass was. A lot closer to the source material, a lot closer to the books, which I never read, but in hearing about this, it's a lot closer with the um, anti-religious overtones still intact for the most part. Um, it's great, and it's got the actress whose name all of a sudden I'm blanking on who played um, Wolverine's protege in the movie Logan. Oh, uh, 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 Laura in that, yeah. Yes, uh, it's right there. It's Daphne Keen. Yeah. <laughs> is, is yeah she, and she's great. Uh, th she's this fantastic. just finished up, I think in December ish. I think that uh, sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Eileen and I watched it again every Sunday night or was it Monday? I think this was out on Mondays oh, actually. So you watched this day and day, like, or yeah, weekly, we watched it week to week. It was really good. It is really good. Yeah. Great cast. Mr. Brushwood, what about you? Uh, man, I watched a lot of unconventional stuff, and I found myself <laughs> i found myself writing, unironically, not as a joke, this text to my wife last night. I, I said, hey, I'm headed home. Need me to pick anything up? Also, want to watch two episodes of Picard, and then also the premiere of Better Call Saul, and also two episodes of The New Pope, and also another episode of Lock and Key, and also three episodes of The Outsider? Uh, in the last 24 hours, <laughs> I've, I've managed to do an awful lot of those, uh, but I only made it in one episode on the outsider uh i think everything else i'm i'm doing okay on but if i was going to give a tip of the hat to something 
I, I introduced my kids to the video game Bioshock Infinite, which one of my children liked up until uh, the, the graphic bloody parts. And then it's like, well, shoot, there's such a good story here. So for the first time, I watched a playthrough, one of those edited playthroughs where they give you all the cinematic bits of it. You watched and it on YouTube. I, that's the, you're boosting those YouTube percentages right that's there. A, that's exactly right. And it was, it was about a three-hour presentation, and it was so good. It was so much fun. The kids were so engaged. It was We watched a three-hour movie, and I was full-on crying by the end. It was great. I loved it. That's really cool uh, yeah. and a really good uh, a good way to find something new to watch with a good story, right? Just just watching a playthrough uh, like that. Um, I want to give a shout out to a series. Uh, it's another one of those Korean series. You know, I like to watch those from time to time, but I think I'm starting to be proven right that there's some really interesting things coming out of Korea. Uh, and Itaewon Class is a new show uh, that you can get on Netflix in most parts, parts of the world. I think it's on cable in Korea, but uh, pretty much everywhere else outside of Korea, you can get it on Netflix. And at first I thought it was just going to be like a, a high school drama thing, which is not really my speed. But I, I decided to watch it because Eileen told me, she's like, I think you're going to like this. It's so much better than that. Uh, first two episodes kind of take you from the main character's high school experience through going to prison, getting out of prison, working for seven years on a fishing boat, uh, and then land you with him starting a pub in the Itawan district of Seoul. And it's a, a cast of outsiders a uh, cast of ne'er-do-wells, people who are, who are sort of on the edge of society, like ex-cons and a trans character and a, a girl who's too smart for her own good and doesn't, doesn't fit in at school, uh, all coming together in this pub. And then there's a chain of pubs uh, that they are kind of in conflict with. And some of that has to do uh, with the things you learn about in episode one that happened to the main character's father. Uh, and one of the, the people he had a crush on in high school goes to work for that chain pub. All of this may sound like, okay, this is a bit on rails drama. I get it. it might be good, but the way they deal with business in this is so well-written. It's not what I expected at all. Uh, and you have like a fully formed business strategy that looks dumb, until the main character explains, he's like, no, this is what I'm doing. I had a plan the whole time and reveals things that you didn't know that he had ready. Uh, and then you have the K-ball, you know, the sort of the chain pub person doing like the evil corporate thing, but then turning out that he's smarter than you would have given him credit for. And he has some things in his pocket that he's ready to do. Uh, but is he overdoing it? Anyway, uh, it turned out not to be, it, it has a love triangle story, but not just a, like a romance drama. Uh, it's a really, really interesting take on business and, and different business ideals and how they can work and not work and how they mesh in society. So if that sounds interesting to you, uh, in a really well-told drama, uh, check out Itaewon Class. It's I-T-A-E-W-O-N, uh, Itaewon Class on Netflix. Very cool. Sounds cool. Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, we got an email from Byron who writes, Hello, killers. I wanted to point you guys to the recent Netflix original series, Messiah. I am surprised more people are not talking about the show since it seems to be the type built for controversy. The Netflix description is a wary CIA officer investigates a charismatic man who sparks a spiritual movement and stirs political unrest, a fictional story not based on true events. 
The fact that the description has to point out that the story is fictional clued me in on how this could be polarizing for those who are concerned with depictions of religious fiction. So, of course, I had to binge all 10 episodes. Watching all of season one, I think it showed me how Brian may need to start a career path, seeing as he already has the Diamond Club. <laughs> Although one of the later episodes does have a small cameo from James Randi. Uh, so be on your toes, Brushwood. Uh, this definitely is a show with an interesting premise if you can look past the cliched characters still though hope they get a second season so we can see where they keep going with this cheers byron thank you byron yeah there are 10 episodes of messiah streaming now on netflix has anybody here seen i've seen the trailer for messiah but i have not actually sat down to this watch one it. this one was totally under my radar yeah well yeah yeah same here well hopefully yeah, it'll be on your radar uh, if you get something you think we should be on the lookout for email us cordkillers at gmail.com Email Bryce now. All right, folks, uh, real quickly, I just want to mention I, I write books. I write fiction. They're mostly sci-fi, uh, and you can find them at TomMerrittBooks.com. I've got more than a dozen books there, uh, and new ones in the works. Uh, I've got a writer Patreon as well. If you if you want to keep up on what I'm doing as it happens, Patreon.com slash AceDetect or TomMerrittBooks.com. Uh, but Brian... We need to talk about how this show is powered. Heck yeah, man. Look, uh, you heard us mention it before, but when we announced that we were going to, speaking of uh, the, the whole Messiah thing, running an occult compound, when we mentioned that we're running seven and a half acres and turning it into a former nudist colony into a production studio, our friends over at Doghouse Systems literally jumped in the car, drove down with tens of thousands of dollars of computers and said, use these to run your systems. Also, please have everybody go to <laughs> doghousesystems.com slash rogue and hopefully eventually you'll work off the value of these of these computers and we said we will make sure to mention it at every opportunity so do me a favor sooner or later you're going to buy a computer and when you do we love them uh, over at doghouse systems super high quality uh and you can help us look good by using promo code rogue at checkout you'll get uh, right now it's an ssd it'll always be something you'll get some kind of awesome bonus but most importantly you'll be supporting people who supported us over at doghouse systems Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. Here's another interesting one. Variety says NBC Universal is in talks to buy Voodoo from Walmart. It's expected that if NBC did buy Voodoo, it would merge it with its existing online video service and source of my health insurance, Fandango Now. Uh, in a related story, the Wall Street Journal says Fox Corp, not Disney, but Fox, the Fox Broadcasting, FS1, Fox Business, Fox News, uh, is considering trying to acquire Tubi. Tubi is a streaming service that's free, just free with ads. Uh, but it's it's kind of set up more like a Netflix where you just find shows and watch them. Uh, I think it would be a smart move if Walmart obviously wants to get rid of Voodoo, which it looks like they do. Uh, NBC could do worse than to buy that, roll it into Fandango now and combine those subscriberships. Uh, Ibit, are you cool with the idea of after an explosion and balkanization of all these different services, of seeing them kind of coalesce into a sensible system of, of fewer than 35 planets? Only if they coalesce in the, into the forms that I want. I don't care, you know. <laughs> I don't care if I see, like, Bravo is now merging with uh, Tubi. It's like, all right, whatever. But uh, as, long as, they, as long as they coalesce only into the groups that I want to watch and pay for, sure, I'm totally on board with that. But if I have to still buy five different groups to get the things that I want. Well, th this isn't that. This is a store. In case that's not, I know it's clear to you, Brian. Uh, I'm just saying that to people who might be confused, this isn't a streaming service. This is a store service. Now, Voodoo does have a... Streaming service that's free with ads kind of complicates the issue, but but Fandango Now and Voodoo would be like two stores combining into one. And so like Fandango Now is the default play, way to buy movies and TV shows on Roku. Voodoo would become that. 
anybody who's been in the Voodoo ecosystem would now have access through Fandango now and vice versa. So it would be gotcha. consolidation of two stores that don't really have a huge market share either way. I, I guess right I'm now. thinking in terms of with my planet analogy, sort of like Amazon is sort of a, a complete vertical. Everything from buy, you know, there's a gift shop at the bottom right. to a club mm -hmm. to, to originals and all that stuff. Netflix is rolling out its top 10 most popular list to users in all countries. It had been tested in a few markets. The list will show the most popular Netflix programs in your region and will be updated daily. Narrower lists with just a TV show or movies will show up in the appropriate tab views. Programs in the list will also carry a top 10 badge in their icon no matter where they show up this is fascinating to me because there's a reason that we respond to social proof it, it, it makes sense that they would do this in fact i wouldn't be surprised if we start to see i guess i guess youtube pioneered this with just displaying view counts on there but i wouldn't be surprised if youtube you know kind of kind of did a similar thing with little bitty icons saying this is what the rest of the world's looking at yeah, uh, this this was a test in UK and Mexico that we talked about on the show, and uh, apparently the test worked. So good for them. Would this just be top ten in the US for us, or would they yes, even break it down more US, granularly? You get the top ten US. If you're in Canada, you get the top ten Canada, et cetera, et cetera. Wish they could even break it down. What's what's popular in my state? I, I was yeah. just thinking What's that, or, or, or my, my municipality, or or actually, I wonder if you could flip a switch and say in my demographic, like, ah, well, you're a dude in his forties, and blah blah blah. Dish lost 100,000 satellite TV subscribers in Q4, as we mentioned. Uh, also lost 94,000 Sling TV subscribers. That's the first decline for Sling TV. Dish lost a net total of 511,000 subscribers in 2019 compared to a loss of about 1.13 million in 2018. So the losses are slowing for Dish. Dish chairman Charlie Ergen said that Dish and DirecTV, quote, should get together. Uh, I don't think he meant to like drown their sorrows together, but he thinks <laughs> that uh, AT&T should sell him the satellite service. A merger of the two satellite services was tried in 2002, but they couldn't get approval for it. You know what's funny is when I first glanced over this story, I misread it as should get it together. And I was like, wow, that's bold <laughs> talk from the CEO of one of those companies. I mean, it's Charlie Arkin. Who knows, right? <laughs> uh, YouTube TV reached a deal with Warner Media to offer HBO and Cinemax on its linear TV lineup, as well as sell access to the HBO Max a streaming service when it launches in April. YouTube TV already offered access to Warner Media networks like TBS, TNT, CNN, and others. YouTube also notified YouTube TV subscribers that signed up for the service through Apple's App Store that the ability to subscribe through Apple in-app purchases would be discontinued as of March 13th. And, and we assume that's because they just don't want to give a cut to Apple, right? Yeah, they're they're getting out of the sharing thirty percent of every uh, subscription and fifteen percent after the first year uh, with Apple game. Uh, so it will be like Amazon and Netflix now, where you have to subscribe on a website and then log in and then you'll get your subscription, which is so annoying. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really I'm really done with this little battle. Uh, it's it's gone on far too long. Somebody needs to blink and figure this out. Uh, but instead, it looks like we're going the other way with more services pulling out of it. They need to get it together. Yeah, this is where Charlie Ergen should step in and tell them to get it together. Exactly. Uh, Redbox added an option to its streaming offering called Free Live TV. Looks a lot like Pluto or Zumo. Uh, channels like TMZ, USA Today, Fail Army, etc. Also some Redbox curated channels around genres like comedy. You can access the free service on the Redbox website or through its apps. And HBO Max released its first ad with clips from Friends, South Park, Batman, Casablanca, Wizard of Oz, Big Bang Theory, and Wonder Woman, trying to show the breadth of content that will be available on the service when it launches in May. I'm so curious to see how this lands. 
Mm -hmm. That you know, the, I have to say they did a good job on this commercial because it made it look cool. I'm like, oh yeah, they do have a lot of cool stuff there. All right, uh, folks, it's time for some dispatches from the front. Thanks to our loyal fan, Rocco, for pointing out that even though something is advertised as FX on Hulu, all the ones I've seen have been FX shows, there are some that are not on FX. So it's even more confusing than I thought. FX is producing shows exclusively for Hulu that are labeled FX on Hulu, meaning if you're a cable subscriber, you're out of luck and can't watch certain shows without subscribing to Hulu. Way to bite the hand that feeds, right? Says Rocco. But that's our new reality. Overwhelm the streaming services to the point that you end up paying more than you ever did for cable. I don't agree with that part. I don't think that's happening, but that's everybody's fears. Uh, Rocco says right now, the FX on Hulu exclusive list includes Devs, Mrs. America, a teacher and the old man. It is unknown if these shows would ever come to FX. Also got an email from Rachel in Katy, Texas. Fun fact, that's my hometown. I went to Katy High School. Hey guys, I use Hulu through Disney Plus and have for the most part just put up with commercials because I usually only use Hulu for a show here or there. But I've recently uh, something, uh, recently there's something she wants to binge only available on Hulu. But I cannot stand binging a show with commercials. It's the worst. I went to switch my Hulu plan th uh, through Disney Plus to an ad-free tier and was surprised to find that I couldn't tack on an ad-free Hulu tier to my Disney Plus subscription. I just assumed yeah. that would be something I could do. I figured, whatever, I'll pay for a separate Hulu subscription for a month or so, enjoy binging a new show, and then cancel. I'd rather pay money than sit through commercials. I was just so surprised I couldn't update, uh, upgrade my account all in one place and get the ad-free tier through Disney Plus. Uh, love all you do. Uh, thank you very much, Rachel. Um, I, I, if there's one thing we've seen from Disney Plus so far, as rocky as the rollout has been, like all, pretty much take every Everything that's wrong and they really do seem to be fixing everything in order of the most obvious and now we're down to the sixth I, or seventh I most don't know obvious if this thing. is something to fix this is just how deals work uh you want the deal this is the deal if you want a different deal eh, maybe we don't offer that deal you know and i'm with rachel i, I think it's silly that they don't offer it but it doesn't surprise me like but they can make a lot money of, on that deal there's a lot of bundles like this where they're like no the bundle is this and it's for people who can, if you can afford to upgrade to the premium tier, then you can afford to pay for everything individually. Well, and keep in mind also, now it's sort of obvious that Disney Plus was going to be a hit, but when it launched, it was not obvious. And so you would not want to launch making it part of the Hulu family. And so increasingly, we seem to be seeing a lot of the Disney content go to Hulu and, you know, and, and, and well, I, I, I mean, I think that's, I think you're, you're stating it too harshly. I think a lot of people thought it would be a success, but they did want to tweak those numbers up fast. And that was a way to do it is to offer this bundle. So, right. Uh, Peyton wrote in and said, a friend of mine tipped me off that both seasons of Atlanta are currently on sale for five bucks. And after doing some investigating, it turns out that iTunes has a lot of sales for TV shows right now. Most notably reality shows and daytime programming from channels like TLC and ID, but also a large chunk of currently airing FX programs and recent specials and Funimation content like My Hero Academia and Cowboy Bebop. I found this website that's really helpful for finding all the current iTunes sales and deals. If any of you are interested, cheapcharts.info has it. Uh, Brian, how many times do we have to tell people like you can just buy stuff? And yeah, they do sales like this all the time. Not even just iTunes. Voodoo does it. Amazon does it. They all do it. 
but people just have a block on like, well, I don't want to go pay for it. Can, I want to get it through Netflix. <laughs> I'm already, can, I'm already paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, can, can I make a confession? Uh, I, I have already gotten over that hump of paying any amount for that content that I know I'm likely only to watch once. And as a result, I'm not price sensitive at all. I've already decided like, unless it's more than $5, I'm not going to notice. So as a result, I wouldn't have even noticed a sale. So I personally really appreciated that there's even this resource for people who haven't, you know, bridged that gap and, and, and who might be hesitant to buy that kind of content. I will throw in a quick story. Uh, Better Call Saul aired on Sunday this week. It will continue to air on Monday from now on. And I knew that if I just bought the season, which I planned to do, I wouldn't be able to watch the Better Call Saul that came out Sunday before the show today because I had too much going on on Monday. So what I did, I'm still buying the season. I went to Philo, signed up for the seven-day free trial to get AMC, and used Philo to then log into the AMC On Demand app to watch Better Call Saul last night. Ooh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's, was, that's, was, that's that's some hardcore couponing you did. Wheels within wheels, but yeah. it worked. Um, but yeah, I would. The whole thing was like, I'd rather just just buy it, so I have it, and then I don't have to worry about it. And that's what I'm going to do. Thank you, Brian Ibbett, for uh, hanging out with us, man. It was great to have you. Thank you guys for having me. It was a blast. And uh, now there's about eight new shows that I need to watch. Apparently, I'm going to have to start paying for RuPaul's Drag Race somewhere. I don't know, like <laughs> one of these 18 services we're talking about. That's Hells how yeah. they get you. Uh, if folks want to find out more about what you're doing, where should they go? Uh, well, the uh, the Coffee Room website that I have is <laughs> Coverville.com, the best place to go for all the cover song content that I do. Uh, weekly shows, usually special center, centered around an anniversary or a birthday. This week's show, I'm going to be going back to 1985, 35 years ago, and looking at the Billboard Top 20 and playing covers of the songs that I have uh, or, or know of good covers of. So... Uh, taking a trip back 35 years, uh, DJ style, and seeing what was popular 35 years ago in 1985. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash night attack. Also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you again next time. Hey, Tom Merritt. Yes, Brian Brushwood. Know who I love even more than my own children? Your... Other children? No, not my wife. I know what you're saying. I love our $5 patrons. These are the people that keep us live and independent. Thank you so much, $5 patrons. You know what? I love them more than not life itself, because then I'd be dead and I couldn't appreciate them, but really, really, really close. And I'm so thankful that they are here to make this show happen. Thank you so much to all of our $5 a month patrons. You guys are wizards. You're champions. You're heroes. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>